Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Very excited about this morning. Ushers are pretty much wrapped up. Let's jump into the word. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the lands of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor abandon you. Again, I love how this always happens. The worship team had that song going, wasn't planned, but we just sang about how the Lord is with us, right? Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you for the strength and the courage that is available to us, that you've commanded us to tap into. Lord, today as we get into your word, I pray that you would speak to us, help us speak to me and through me. Help me, Lord, as I present your word. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. Lord, I need your help. We need your help to, Lord, receive and to apply your word, Lord God, to go to greater levels in newer lands and territory that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today we are beginning a brand new series called Next is Now. Next is Now. And this is going to be a study uh, in the book of Joshua. And so we're going to be continuing this series. We're going to go through the book of Joshua and, and, and hit certain points and certain stories. And, and, you know, I'm super excited about this because, of course, as I just read and I have, as I've been reading uh, I, for the last couple of years as we've been transitioning, you know, things like this have always spoke to me, whether it be Joshua from Moses, Solomon from David, Timothy from Paul. But when I read this this morning, it says that now is your time to lead the people. Thank the Lord that I'm Moses is not dead, right? He's sitting right over there. Amen? Come on. And him and Tanya are both, are both you know, so uh, he is not dead. He is very much alive. But as last week we officially uh, celebrated 40 years and, and the transition, you know, Joshua really speaks to me. He's always been one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And so I just think it's appropriate, uh, and we named it Nexus Now. It's a new season, right? But the new season is now, right? The next season, the next leader is now. The next is now. And so we're going to look at this, a study of the book of Joshua through the eyes of Joshua. And of course, these first few verses in the uh, first opening chapter of Joshua are so very powerful. See, Joshua was Moses' assistant and successor as Israel's leader. Joshua brought the young nation of Israel across the Jordan River into Canaan as he faithfully followed God's leadership. Now, before this succession... Joshua led Israel's warriors when Amalek attacked 
Israel in Exodus 17. Shortly after that, he was among the 12 men Moses sent out to spy out the promised land in Numbers 13. And then Joshua and Caleb, when they came back with their report, they, they immediately told the Israelites, we should occupy the land now. We see in Numbers 14 that these two men, Joshua and Caleb, were the only two to enter the promised land of Canaan. And then in Numbers 27, God directed Moses to designate Joshua as his successor, which leads us to what we just read in Joshua chapter 1. Now, I love this. Three times in the first few verses in Joshua 1, God told, and you saw the third time, he commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. The second time, he even said, be strong and very courageous. Now, if you notice, again, these are not suggestions or just like a little encouragement, a little nudge. He said, I command you. I command you to be strong and courageous. You know, and I just saw something as I was studying just yesterday. It's powerful that the Lord told him three times to be strong and courageous because there was actually three things that the Lord commissioned Joshua to do. It's like he was telling him to be strong and courageous for every specific thing. Every specific thing. Those three things were to lead the people into the land and then defeat the enemy and then to claim the inheritance of land for each tribe of Israel. And again, we're going to hit on a lot of this um, in the coming weeks. You know, again, even though these words were spoken to Joshua, we know that these words are for us today. Amen. The word of God, any scripture in the word of God is for us today. And it really is, in this season, it's amazing how, again, the Lord has really been speaking to me. I shared that a little bit two weeks ago and even Sunday, the little bit I shared that as we've been transitioning in this road during this trying and uncertain times, this be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous has leaked out on the page to me. Amen? And, and I'm sure for some of you, you need to hear that today too, because we are leaving in very trying and uncertain times, which every day as we go on, like yesterday, there's another question mark of what the future is going to look like, right? Hey, by the way, on that, I just want to be clear that the new mandates that the governor set yesterday, because some people text and ask, ask that, they saw that no more social gatherings over 50. That does not apply to churches. We can still operate under 50% occupancy, Okay. All right, I want to make that clear for you online. If you didn't maybe come this morning because you saw that, a few people messaged us, texted us. He made it clear. Actually, myself and over 400 other pastors around the state was on a conference call with the governor Tuesday, and he made that very clear. Not only churches, but any commercial organization can still operate under phase two at 50%. So we are still good. We got plenty of room. So if you're at home, hey, we still got a lot of room that you can spread out, come on in and enjoy the presence of God. Amen. But it is trying times, right? Like you don't know what every press conference now it's like, okay, what's new? What's next? But remember with the Lord, next is now. It don't matter what's next from the governor, next is now in the spiritual realm, right? We don't have to wait to get marching orders from anybody whenever the Lord has given us marching orders to be strong and courageous. Because you know what? The truth is he knew 2020 was going to be coming and what would it look like, right? We still don't know what it's going to look like. And we thought, oh man, phase one, phase two, we get in there and then it's like the wheels fell off again, right? And now it's like, I'm not even putting no more like, okay, this, I think it'll be over around this time. How about you? How many of y'all just like, all right, I'm done. You know, right? You don't, you don't, I mean, it's just... But that's why, again, it's so important to trust the Lord. So listen, maybe with everything going on right now, maybe you need some courage right now. Maybe you're lacking in courage. Maybe you're still dealing with some form of fear or worry. 
Maybe it has nothing to do with COVID or our, our, our situation in society and the civil unrest and all the different things that is going on. Maybe it's something personally in you or something that God's called you to do or something you know you ought to be doing, but it scares the tar out of you. And you need to be strong and courageous. So where does courage come from and how do we get it? Number one, courage comes from God's continuous presence. Now listen, this, these first two points especially, it, it, I, I, if you've been in church for a long time, again, I don't want you to just check out on me. I, w- I want us to really dig in on this because I think, you know, there's a lot here. And sometimes when we hear, okay, we talk about God's presence, we talk about God's word, and you can see it coming. He, he, he makes it clear to both Moses, Joshua, and the rest of us. I want us to dig in and, and, and look at what the scripture says here. Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. The Lord tells Joshua this again in verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I want us to go a little bit further here. I want you to see something. The Lord was reassuring Joshua in the way he reassured him because you got to look at whenever the Bible says the Lord, that, that's, just, that's an English translation that sometimes we just look at as just, okay, yeah, the Lord, the Lord God. But he was reassuring Joshua by using God's personal name, the Lord, which means Yahweh in Hebrew. So Joshua would have known that, not just some distant God far off, but he used his personal name, Yahweh, saying, look, I will personally be with you wherever you go. And we need to hear that this morning. God is a personal God. He's very personal. You don't just experience God's presence when you come to church. God is very present with you every single day. And as I was preparing and praying this morning, I believe that's the shift that some people need to make. And even me, I I may need to apologize for maybe not preaching it clear enough in the last 14 years. When we talk about the presence of God, sometimes we talk about going into or coming out of or being around with the presence of God. But you have to know that God is present with you. His presence is with you every single day, wherever you go. Even when you don't feel him. Even when you don't think so. He's with you. He says, I'll personally go with you. What a promise he gave to Joshua and to us. See, God's continuous presence made it possible for Joshua to heed God's instruction. God had gave similar promise to Jacob in Genesis 28. And then to Moses, he repeated God's promises to Joshua in in, in Deuteronomy 31. God one day would give the same promise to Gideon and to the Jewish exiles returning from Babylon to their land, then David, who would also give it to his son. So this promise, the Lord had been given down from Moses and it continued on through generations of mighty men and women all through the Bible. But best of all, God has given this promise to his people today. It's come down through generation after generation And the promise is still with us today that he would never leave us nor forsake us. How do we know that? Well, because the gospel of Matthew starts out with Jesus' name, Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. That's the very meaning of what Jesus' name is. And closes with Jesus himself saying, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, right? 
So it's continuing on down to us. In Hebrews 13.5, as the Bible continues in the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews in 13.5 quotes Joshua 1.5 and applies it to Christians today by saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? This was not just a promise strictly to Joshua. We're reading it in Joshua, but it went through all those men and women of God to Jesus, and then the, the apostles continued it on, and the Holy Spirit is speaking the same thing to you today. See, all of these people faced opposition and were called to tasks that were bigger than them, yet God's presence infused them with courage. Infused them with courage. I've called this message Courage to Conquer. Joshua had a lot to conquer whenever the Lord spoke this to him. They were about to go into the promised land and face many enemies, and they had enemies to conquer, land to take that was theirs. It was their inheritance. It was their promise. And so, you know, we in the spiritual realm, we have the same thing. Remember, the apostle Paul said in, in, in 1 Corinthians that, that everything in the Old Testament is type. The Greek word typos are shadows of the, of us as a New Testament church. Well, we see physically like Joshua and, and the Israelites fighting a physical enemy and claiming inheritance of, of, of their land. It's a picture of what happens with us in the spiritual realm. Are y'all tracking with me? That's what the Apostle Paul says. That's why it's so beautiful, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.2. 2. And even though there was much opposition, and there is today more than ever, there's much opposition, our God gave us courage to tell you the good news that comes from him. In the midst of opposition, God will still give us the courage to do what he's called us to do. You know, I begin to think about this early on. Uh, in, in, as I got into ministry, especially when I was still just a, a youth leader, wasn't even on staff here yet. But even as I began to preach on a regular basis every week, every Wednesday, and then when I started preaching, I can remember when the first time I preached on a Wednesday here, it was I preached on love. I never forget it. It was on Valentine's Day, and I even pastors I'd encourage me maybe preach on love, not just you know love between a husband, but just love in general. And I used the illustration. I hit a rose, and I got my wife a rose, and went give it to her. You know, as you know, of course, everybody, oh, you know, so good illustration. Brownie points with my wife, it worked out great, you know. So, um, but I could remember the first time I preached on a Wednesday, first time I preached on a Sunday, and it was crazy because I preached on worry on my first Sunday morning, and I was kind of worried, you know what I mean? Like, I was, it was kind of a, you know, but I noticed this that every time I'd be very nervous getting up to preach, but every time I would get up to preach, and to this day, even right now as I'm speaking, as I begin to preach the word of God, I would sense God's anointing, His presence, and His power flowing through my life. I can tell that, and it would happen because of God's continuous presence, it would infuse me with courage. And what it also did was it confirmed my call. For those times that I would doubt God and say, man, is this, you know, I'm not sure I felt like that bombed or Monday through Friday, I was like, things were happening in, around the office and with people and students and families and I just felt like I wasn't doing well. Every time I would get up or I, not only preaching, when I would have a counseling session, when I'd lead somebody to the Lord, when I'd go pray for somebody and God would show up because his presence was always with me, it infused me with courage and confirmed my call and he wants to do the same for you. When you realize it's, it's more of a realization by faith that God is with you continuously. Yes, we do sense God's presence when we come to worship together at church. But you have to understand that he is with you wherever you go. We can move forward in God's will because of the assurance of God's continuous presence. Again, 
it's, it's, it's a command that we be strong and courageous. Look at Exodus 33, 15, and 16. Speaking of his presence, I love this. This is probably my favorite verse, I think, in all the Bible about God's presence. And it says this. Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Now, you remember, this is Joshua's successor, and God had commanded him to do something, and, and Moses was scared. He was like, man, I ain't going unless you come with us, Lord. He said, how will anyone know that you look favorably on me? On me and on your people, Joshua and the rest of the Israelites, if you don't go with us. Listen to what Moses said. This is really my favorite verse on the presence of God. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. I think Pastor Dixie actually used this scripture Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken, in a different translation. Did you see that? Y'all, it's not the fact we come to church. It's not the fact that we quote scripture. It's not the fact that we have... Christian bumper stickers or t-shirts. I'm not against that. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What does it say sets us apart from anybody else on this planet? It's the presence of God. The very presence of God is what sets us apart. God, the God of the universe that created every galaxy and named all of the stars is present with us each and every day. Seriously, church, try to wrap your brain around that. Each and every day. The God of the universe, our creator, our master, our redeemer is with us each and every day. That's what sets us apart. He is with us now and will personally go with us wherever he sends us. Hey, listen, this should encourage us. Amen? It should encourage us, right? That word encourage, to impart courage. The fact that God's continuous presence. When you know that, even when you don't feel it, it, it has to be by faith. See, Joshua and them stepped out by faith, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more, knowing that God is with us. Because a lot of those times, your nervousness and your worry overrides the sense of God's presence. But that's what I was talking about when I get up to preach. You got to know that God's with you, and a lot of times, you don't realize or sense his presence until you step out of the boat. Then when you step out, you realize, like, okay, I didn't sink. That must be because God is with me. Amen. But you have to know that by faith. God's continuous presence is where your courage comes from. Number two, number two, God's, our courage comes from studying, meditating, and obeying God's word. Now, again, listen, I'm going to put it, for those of you who have been in church a long time and have heard many sermons, don't check out. I didn't just say from reading your Bible. Amen? It's not what I said. I didn't say courage comes from reading the Bible. I said studying meditating and obeying it's more way more than just reading the bible it's good you got to start with reading it but it's way more than that i'm gonna get into it of why you know some of you again been saved a long time some of you tuned in and be like okay you know i even had somebody one time we counseled with some people and they were struggling i encouraged them to go into the word to get a word from god and to move forward and later i found out that one of the people was frustrated because i didn't give them advice all i told them to do was read their bible they missed it they missed it. I didn't just say, go read your Bible. I said, get, get into the word and get a word from the Lord. Because you know why? Courage comes from studying, obeying, and meditating on the word. Look what it says. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. You know, it's one thing for, 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 to say to a leader, be strong and very courageous, but it's quite something else to enable him to do it. He was telling them to be strong and courageous. He says, but listen, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to enable you is by you studying, meditating, and obeying my word. 
See, Joshua's courage came from these three things. This was the counsel Moses had given all the people, and God was now upon it specifically to Joshua. During the years of his leadership, Moses kept a written record of God's words and acts and committed these records to the care of the priests. Among other things, the book of instruction, or some, some translation call it the book of the law, included the book of the covenant, a record of the journeys of the people of Egypt to Canaan, special regulations dealing with their inheritance, and the song that Moses had taught the people. Moses kept adding material to this record until it included everything God wanted in it. Scholars believe the entire book of Moses, Generations to Deuteronomy, which is known also as the Torah, is compromised of the book of instruction. So when he said study this book of instruction, what he was telling them was the first five books of even our Bible today is what the Lord was telling them to, to, to study, to meditate on, and to obey. Listen, this was the greatest legacy Moses can leave his successor. Amen? He left him all the instructions of God. But you see, it wasn't enough for just the priests to carry and guard these precious books of the instruction of the law, of the word of God. Joshua had to take time to study it daily and make it a part of his inner person by meditating on it. Now, you've heard me say this before. The Hebrew word translated meditate means to mutter. It means to mutter. It was the practice of Jews to read scripture aloud and talk about it to themselves. Listen to this. And to one another. So they would read the Torah out loud and talk to themselves about it. Now, some people are going to think you're crazy. You're talking to yourself about the Bible? Yes. That's what the word meditate. It's not just quietly sitting, thinking about it. That, that's part of it. But that word meditate actually means to mutter, to speak it out. This explains why God warned Joshua that the book of the instruction was not to depart from his mouth. Look at uh, Joshua 1.8 and, and a different translation. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Look what it says. You are to recite it, not just read it. You are to recite it day and night so that you are carefully observe everything written in it. For then, for then, like after this, you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. So listen, just as it wasn't good enough for Joshua to have the copies and the priest to hold the copies of the book of instruction, the law, the word, it's not good enough if we just have a couple of copies of the Bible at home or the Bible app on our phone and our computer. I'm going to go a little further. Put out your feet because I'm about to step on some toes here. It's not even good enough if you want courage to read the verse of the day and call that your Bible time. Guys, we're living in a day and age where the verse of the day ain't going to carry you too far. I mean, yes, I get it. It's better than nothing. But this is, this is what the Bible is saying. Study, meditate, and obey the word of God. Amen? I, I'm going to take. I, I'm gonna go a little further. I ain't even done with this yet. My wife used a great illustration yesterday, and we talked about it before, and I'm going to use it again. She did a phenomenal job, by the way. She did awesome. Amen. I'm a blessed man. But Cassie used this illustration. She said, you know, just like in our physical diet, like we are supposed to eat a balanced diet, right, of protein, vegetables, you know, good carbs and all that kind of stuff. And then we do things to supplement our diet, right? You take vitamins, you can eat protein bars, you can drink protein shakes, and those things are good. So for us, the Word of God should be our main source of nourishment. Now, there's books on the Bible. There's books by Christian authors. There's, there's so many sermons and podcasts that you can listen to un until Jesus comes back. 
But listen, if you're using books and sermons as your main source of income, you have it, or nourishment, you have it backwards. We should be reading the word of God, meditating, studying it as our main source. And even me preaching today, I'm all about preaching. This is, I love, this is what I do. But this should just be supplementing what you're doing every day, not vice versa. Amen. This is what the, the Lord was telling Joshua to do. Study, meditate, and obey the word of God. Think about it again. You couldn't, you wouldn't last too long if you were just drinking protein shakes and taking vitamins, right? You can do that for a little while. You may do that as a fast, but if you try to do that the rest of your life, you're going to be real skinny and you're going to die. Okay? You got to have nourishment. See, as Cassie said yesterday, like I was trying to tell those people that I was counseling, you know, it's great. Sermons are great. Again, I mean, look, this is what we do. We love it. I love preaching the word of God. And you can get a word from God through preaching, no doubt. That's part of it. But you have to go to the Bible and see what is God speaking to me? What is God telling me? Because, you know, what we preach and what you listen to in a book is, is people's revelation from God to them. And they share it with us. But God wants to reveal himself to you. To you at home, God wants to reveal yourself, himself to you. Y'all, again, this is our lifeline. This is In this time, if you're going to be strong and courageous, you better know what God's saying to you every day. Amen? If you're lacking courage, I encourage you. Start studying, meditating, and speaking it out. And I, I've, I'm telling you, especially with the book of Psalms, I do this a lot with Psalms. I'll read the book of Psalms out loud, and I'm telling you, there's an anointing when you speak God's word out loud, when you meditate on it, when you mutter it, when you talk to others about it. And that's part of what we're doing today. But most importantly, obeying God's word. And I promise you, I promise you, the courage and strength of the Lord will infuse you into your daily being. Again, many times in 14 years as a pastor, people come in my office, they're discouraged, they're fearful, they're bummed out. And the first thing I ask them is, have you been praying and reading your Bible? And they look at me like, here we go again. But you know what their answer is 100% of the time? No. It's no. So listen. It has to begin there. Yes, we still love to counsel you. We, 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 we want to help you through that. But listen, this has to be the word of God. Courage, success, prosperity all starts with studying, meditating, and obeying the word of God. Especially if you're in a low place. Look at 1 Samuel 36. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself. Again, that word encourage means to give courage, to give or increase confidence of success. We know because David was in the fields and we know he loved worshiping. He spent time in God's presence, point number one. But I'm sure he went to God's word as well to get courage. I want to challenge you today. You have to make a decision to be willing to tap into the word of God to receive the courage that you need. Amen? I'm done. Point number three. Courage comes from relying on the Lord to come through. Courage comes from relying on the Lord to come through. This is the faith element. Look at Joshua 1, 2, and 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I am giving you. The Lord promised. Amen. He promised him, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to come through. When you go into the land, listen, I'm giving you this land, but you got to go out and you got to take it. But I promise you, when you step out, 
you're going to be able to conquer. Since Joseph had a threefold task to perform, God gave him three special promises for each task. God would enable Joshua to cross the Jordan River and claim the land, defeat the enemy, and divide up the land to each tribe as its inheritance. God didn't give Joshua explanations to how he would accomplish these things. And here's why, church. Because as people of God, we live on promises, not on explanations. You may want to write that down. We live on promises, not on explanations. You probably know this if you've been walking with God any amount of time. When you ask God, yes, Lord, but how? Crickets most of the time, right? You don't get a whole lot of explanations. Why? Because the Lord wants us to trust us, step out in faith and say, listen, you do what I tell you to do. You obey and, and, and I will come through just when you need me to. See, courage comes from knowing that the Lord is going to come through, relying on the Lord. Lord, I'm stepping out of the boat, but, but I need you to help me. Every day, that's why you hear me pray. Every day, no matter how many times I've preached, I'm relying on the Lord as soon as I step on the stage. Lord, I need you. If this ain't you, I'm a bomb. It's going to fail. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say something stupid. I still say stuff stupid sometimes, and I try to rely on the Lord. But I'd say more stupid things, and i get myself in trouble even more if it wasn't for, Lord, I need you. I cannot do this alone. I'm relying on you to come through. Amen? When you trust God's promise and step out by faith, you can be sure that the Lord will come through like he said he would. Think about these. David's courage against Goliath. Daniel's courage to sleep in the lion's den. Esther's courage to go to the king uninvited where she could have got killed because that was the law of the king. Jesus' courage to go to and endure the cross. All of these came from their trust in God's mighty power that he would come through just as he said he would. Ephesians 6.10, you remember he says, be strong and courageous. Look at Ephesians 6.10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, right? This strength is not like be strong, go to the gym six days a week. No, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered. This is what this means. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which is his boundless might provides. I love how the application, the, the Amplified says it. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He has boundless might, strength that we can tap into to do whatever he's called us to do and get through. Not only get through, but thrive through these times we're living in. Yo, I don't want to just make it through 2020. I want to come out the other side and say, you know what? You know, we, we, we went beast mode on 2020. Amen? With all the craziness. Why? Not because of our own strength. Because of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength and the, the strength and might that comes from him. You know, again, courage comes from lying on the Lord to come through. I, I begin to think about this. I, I read about a story, and, and I begin to think about kind of a story in my life. You, and may, this is maybe maybe more for guys than it is for ladies. But you know, whenever you're younger and you go into a new school, there's always the the, the thought of like, you know bullies or people that may want to fight you or might want to beat you up. And I can remember when I started my first year at life at high school. 5A school, there was a lot of people, a lot of, lot of guys, a lot of big guys, a lot of guys I didn't know. And when I'd walk on that campus by myself, I wasn't the most courageous person. But I had an older brother, and he had a lot of friends that were older and bigger. And so when I walked on campus, <laughs> Jamie's laughing, me and Jamie went to high school together. When I walked on campus with my brother and some of these what we called as knockout artists, I had a lot of courage. You know why? Because if something went down, I was relying on them to handle it, right? I, it wasn't me. I wasn't, my courage didn't come from me. My courage came from the guys that were around me. 
So what am I saying? Don't look at the size of your enemy or your circumstances. Look at the one who's standing beside you. Amen? Look at the one who's standing beside you. He is unconquerable, y'all. Courage to conquer. We can conquer because our, what some people call our elder brother Jesus is standing right next to us each and every day. And we can be strong in him and the power of his mouth. Amen? So in closing, just to recap, God had already given the Israelites the land. It was their responsibility now to step out by faith with courage and claim it. The same promise of victory that God had given to Moses, he affirmed to Joshua. So the lesson for us today is that God has given all of us promises of victory in Christ. Amen? Remember, this message is the courage to conquer. What is it you've been struggling with that you haven't conquered yet? What is it you're looking in the future you think, man, I want to do that, but I don't know if I can conquer it. What is it? You at home. 2 Corinthians 1-2 says this, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and through Christ our amen. I worship to that song this morning. All our, his promises are yes and amen. Right? All these promises of victory, of courage, of strength, of might have already been fulfilled in Christ. If you and me are in Christ, these promises are already fulfilled. We just got to tap into them, church. Look at Romans 8, 37. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? We are, I love this. It says we're more than conquerors. One translation says overwhelming victory is ours. You can have the courage to conquer new territory for the Lord. New territory in your life, so to speak. It is impossible for us to stand still in this Christian life and as our service to the Lord. For when you stand still, you immediately start going backwards. Did you know that? You're either going forward or backwards. In, the, in, 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 in this walk with the Lord, in the spiritual realm, there's no neutral. As soon as you put it in neutral, you start drifting backwards. Right? You have to continue to, there's new territory. That may mean new levels of freedom, new levels of healing, new levels of ministry, of opportunity, of whatever the case, of influence, leadership, whatever the case may be. There's more, church. There's more. Come on, there's more. We have a promised inheritance, yes, in heaven, but on this earth as well. If we're still here, God's not done with us yet. We got new territory to take. So God's challenge to his church today is to move ahead into new territory. Do you need that courage this morning? For some of you, as I've been talking about that new territory, you know exactly what that means, but you may still be afraid. I just want to challenge you to recap it, and then we'll pray. Tap into God's continuous presence. It's not just, I want to go run and get into the presence of God. That's part of it. But you have to know by faith, God is continuously present with you every day, right? Made this clear. Joshua told you, Joshua all through Jesus told us, Hebrews tells us, and on and on. Study and meditate and obey God's word. Y'all, this can't be a supplement. This has to be our main nourishment. You can supplement with other things, but the main nourishment, the main dish every day has to be your time in the word of God, studying, waiting, seeking, meditating, asking God to speak to you. Then after that, once you discipline yourself with a regular time in the word, then you supplement with books or sermons or other things. Amen? And then rely on the Lord to come through. You know, it's fitting as we close that Joshua and Jesus are the same name in Hebrew. Did you know that? They both mean Yahweh is salvation. See, Joshua led Israel into a physical salvation in Canaan. 
Jesus leads all who believe in him into eternal salvation. Have you believed in Jesus for your eternal salvation today? You at home, those in here? Look at Acts 4.12. There is no one else who has the power to save us. For there is only one name whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation. The name of Jesus. Amen. Just as Joshua was tapped to lead them into the promised land and bring a physical salvation, so to speak, the Lord Jesus Christ has come to earth, died, was buried, and rose again to bring us into our final inheritance, which is eternal life with the Lord. Amen. Do me a favor. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Those of you at home, even if you're at home, I want you to bow your head just for no distraction and, and just so you can really just uh, focus on the Lord and what, what the Holy Spirit saying to you right now. Have you settled your eternal inheritance yet? Have you? It, it's for us, but have you trusted in Christ? The Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard and the wages of sin is death. That's eternal death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus. The Bible says if we repent, which means to turn away from our sin, and we're going to talk about sin in this series as well. There's a whole story about sin. We need to turn away from sin, repent of it, and turn to God and ask him to forgive us. And the Bible says then you will be saved. You would experience eternal salvation. If you say, Brandon, if today was my last day on earth, man, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. But I want to make sure, I want to get right with God today. If that's you, I just want to just slip up your hand. And even if you're at home, as a sign of surrender, I want you to slip up your hand. Say, Brandon, I need to get right with God today. I need to get right with the Lord. I, I need to be saved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There may be some at home that you're not right with God today. And I'm just, we're still going to pray together. Because if you're in here, no one acknowledged in here, and that's okay. Praise God. If you're at home, we're all going to pray together with you as a church. If you say, Brandon, that's me. I want to make sure I'm right with God. Just pray this prayer with me. Let's pray together, saints. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I turn to you. I turn away from sin and I'll start a new life with you today. Give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Yes, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give these a round of applause. I'm believing somebody, even online today, if you did, maybe you didn't raise your hand today, but you still prayed that prayer for the first time. There's a card in the pew that says, I made a decision. At home, if you're watching, there's a connect card online. Fill it out. Let us know you made a decision. We want to send you a Bible. You can go to Info Center if you're here and get a Bible. Why don't the, why don't the rest of us that are here stand up with me? Let's close in prayer. Come on, if you were honest and you would say, Brandon, through all of this and maybe what I'm going through right now, just close your eyes with me one more time. Everybody just close your eyes and we'll pray and then we'll go. If you say, Brandon, I could use a fresh infusion of courage and strength right now. Just lift up your hands if that's you. Just say, man, I could use that. Look at that. Hands going up all over the room. Come on, let's pray together. And I believe there's hands going up at home too. Father, you see my brothers and sisters right now. 
And they're saying, Lord God, they're acknowledging that they need this courage that we talked about. You said, be strong in the Lord and the power of your might. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Lord, I pray that my brothers and sisters would tap in, Lord God, to your continuous presence. That they would have a hunger for your word to study, meditate, and obey it. And a thirst for your presence. And that we would all have the faith, Lord God, to rely on you to come through when we need it the most. Lord, infuse and impart strength, courage, grace, power, and passion upon your people today, Lord. And we'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, God bless y'all. We love y'all. Y'all have a great day and week, and we'll see y'all soon. If you need any other specific prayer for anything, we'll be up here. God bless.